0: All right, what's good, people? This is Uncle Hotep. Um, as I got saying, I've been trying to do some interviews, and I, I've got a, a good uh, a good guest, uh, um, a man, Tarif. Uh, say what's up to the people, Tarif. How
1: you doing, people? My name is Tarif Simon, ex-VA employee.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he had the emphasis on that, uh, X. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring him on because he told me an interesting story about the VA hospital. And I actually have, uh, uh, you know, about the the conditions, the working conditions, conditions, and the conditions of the hospital. Uh, I actually have a, a a particular story about the VA involving my father. Um, my father was a he was a Vietnam veteran, um, and uh, he he didn't have any he wasn't working or anything like he did his own home business. So he used his veterans' benefits for his medical uh, his medical needs. And uh, and one he was sick a couple of times, and then he went, got sick, and he, uh, and they diagnosed it like an pneumonia in in his lungs. Um, so they gave him some pills, and he went back home, and I mean he was all right for a while. But then, like a year later, you know they X-rayed his lungs and everything. Now a year later, he got sick again, and what found out was that in in his lungs he had a massive cancer, and he uh, ended he ended up, he ended up uh, dying from that. Now. Uh, could he have been saved if they had recognized that mass in his lungs which was which was obviously uh, photographed in, in uh, I mean x-ray yeah he could but that that's uh, sometimes you just don't get the, the proper needs and the proper proper uh, con- um, what's the word for it the proper look from the people that are work at the VA hospital I, I sincerely I mean we actually ended up suing the VA hospital and we we had a settlement, but it was through the state of Delaware. So, I mean, it it, it ended up working out, um, not, nothing major or anything, but they were at fault for that. Um, I, I sincerely believe that if they would have looked at, um, his, uh, x-rays a little bit more closely, he would be, he might even be living today. Um, he, I mean, he was in his late sixties. I mean, he still had, I thought he still had a few years left. But uh, I wanted to bring Tarif on because he had, he filled me in on an interesting story about the um, the VA hospital and he's a b- uh, former uh, employee. So uh, Tarif, uh, go ahead, take it away, man. Yo, how y'all how y'all
1: doing? How you doing, um, Mr. Uncle Uncle Tap? I appreciate you giving me a chance to tell my story because I'm a whistleblower. Um, just letting you know, um, government don't like whistleblowers especially on the Obama, Barack Hussein Obama, our ex-president. He didn't, um, for what I've been told, he prosecuted underneath his term a whole bunch of journalists and whistleblowers, you know. And um, I hope I hope under Trump that he give whistleblowers, well, he's given whistleblowers a chance, you know, because he established a board recently within the past week or two to help out, the VA um whistleblowers with complaints against the VA and whatnot.
0: Oh he did? Did you do that?
1: Yeah, yeah. He established some um, oversight board. okay, that's good, that's good. Like an independent oversight board, you know. It's brand new. Um I don't think it have been set up yet. hmm But that's a good thing. And um I frequently every once in a while I talk to different whistleblowers. From different agencies, and know, um, they give me advice who, who to write to and you know, be careful and whatnot. Um, because my case itself, I, oh by the way, I worked at Michael E. DeBakey Medical Center in Houston, Texas, which is like the the second biggest federal building in the country itself um right next to the pentagon texas see the most texas have the most veterans you know
0: yeah
1: yeah in the country so sorry about that i had to put it on milk
0: <laughs> <laughs> no
1: problem um texas have the second most federal employees I mean veterans I mean have the most um, veterans
0: Micro E.D. Big is the second biggest federal building right right so okay they see I found out by doing a show with
1: um uh, see when I reach out to people the more I reach out the more I learn right. you know and come to find out I mean they see tens of thousands of veterans at that particular hospital that's a lot yeah. And um, they treat the veterans every single day. You know, they have apartments. I I mean, I'm a veteran myself. I'm not a combat veteran, but I'm a veteran myself. And I uh, I got my five percent preference, and went to ten percent once I um declared a disability.
0: What what uh service were you in? I was in the army. Okay. i was in the army, national guard, aviation unit. Yeah. I was in the Air Force myself.
1: You was in the Air
0: Force? Yeah. Oh, your guys don't do anything. <laughs>
1: y'all, y'all, they give y'all hotel When y'all go training, man, they give y'all hotels. <laughs> we have to go live in the rules. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm like, I couldn't believe that. We had some people um, attached to us. One time we had to go train. Right. In um Hammond, Louisiana, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a... um. Punchatulas around there and puncher known for strawberries right Straw- strawberries so we had to go in the woods and train it was nothing to me you yeah. know
2: yeah
1: we had, our, we had our gp mediums and whatnot and the air force guys oh my god oh. y'all was man your people was tripping <laughs> it was tripping it's hot i'm
2: like what come on
1: man you know but well, that's how it go, you know. So, I mean, it's it's, it's amazing how the different branches is with each other. Yeah, they are. You know, but um, but yeah, but I'll give you a brief little story about me. Um, my name is Tyree Simon, born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana. Okay. Um, I joined the uh, Army National Guard from '97 to 2003. Well inside that six years of doing part time, I did active for a year and a half. You know, yeah. with um total active, it was it brings it up to two years inside the National Guard. Um, I've never been out the country. I always stayed home at the unit, you know, when they had me um um act when they activated me. Me and my um my um uh, battle buddies, right? Right. So Okay. Uh, I was learning my trade on how to work on helicopters. I was a six day golf. My MOS six day golf. That's an aircraft structural repairman and that's similar to body and fender work on a car. Right. So we, we did yeah, we did that on helicopters with rivets and whatnot, you know. We use rivets to um, fix the um, cracks on the helicopters and whatnot, replace panels and whatnot, you know. Ohh, sixty Blackhawks. Ohh, fifty-eight. If I'm saying it correctly, because it's been a long time. No, no. Uh, sorry. Ohh, or uh, fifty-eight helicopters with the um, what you call that the um night vision on top of them? Yeah, nods. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. They had. Yeah, we had those. That was one pilot helicopters. You know, they used that for for scout. So I worked on those, too. Um, when I was in there, on one particular day, it was a sad day, man. Uh, we were working. You know, I'm working on the helicopters, helping out my coworkers and whatnot. And somebody came through our through the door and said, man, a plane just hit the building. Some crazy-ass
0: pilot. Excuse me for cursing. No, no Some, problem. All right. Some
1: some pilot that can't maybe he was drunk. You know, that's how it was being explained to us. Some dude hit the uh, a building. like, what? So we we ran in the break room, and we I'm looking at it. You know, everybody. Oh man, this dude crazy. You know, what's going on? It's, how you do that? You know, how you miss a building like that? You know? Right. So we went back out. You know, shaking our head and we we'll say, oh man, all those people. You know, that's messed up. So fifteen minutes later, same person that told us the first time came back and told us the second time, we are the attack. I'm like, what? We ran back to the break room, and that's when we saw the second, you know, the after effects of the second plane. Okay. So you know, yeah, you know what that I- inference day was. Yeah. Man, my heart dropped. I, I became. Oh man, I felt like the end of the world just happened, like if, as if New York been nuked or something. You know, and um, especially seeing them people jump outside—I mean, off the builders, man—I was like, oh my god! And you know, I looked at my uniform what I had on. I said, wow, it's, it's like it's really going down. Like I'm gonna be—I'm gonna be on the front line. You know, it's it just yeah. reality hit me right then and there. You know, I mean, you don't, you don't, who, who, who can you call? You know, you are the police.
0: Right, right, <laughs> right, protect, right.
1: You don't want to protect the police, you know, it's like, so wow. You know, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to be on the front line. Cause I already knew what it meant, you know? Yeah. So my heart went out to them people, man. I, I had a, man, I slept bad that night. The whole city, people walking around with it in a daze. You know, this in New Orleans. People walk around the a day sad. They had people crying. You know, they had people in our unit. Oh, who done it? Who done it? We got to get them. You know? They, was, they had people that was gun ho, you know? Right. And rightfully so. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Rightfully so, gun ho. I said, you know, I was thinking about, yeah, we do have to get them.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: got to have some type of retribution for what's done on that, that, um, trap, you know, day, you know? Um. So, from that point on, artist was released. You know, and, uh, I was doing it was some type of training. I was doing something like working every month or every two months there. You know, I was I was between jobs. But when that happened, then artist was released, and that I went full uh, full time inside the national guard. Okay. And um, uh, uh, I didn't. I'm not a combat vet. I didn't go overseas because I ETS out right before this started Stop Loss.
0: Okay. And that
1: was in 2003, October 2003, when it's November they started it, Stop Loss. And my unit, they went overseas. Yeah. To uh, a place 50 miles north of Baghdad called Balag, Iraq. Mm. Uh Uh-huh. If I'm saying that correctly. So they went there and um, reports was coming back about certain things, um, which i um, I talked to you after the show, but, yeah you know, but, yeah, it was terrible, man. You know, it was being bombed every single day, you know, artillery.
2: Yeah. With,
1: not artillery, with, you know, motors, but the motors only got a, a reach so far. So, because their base was so far behind the front gate, the motors wasn't reaching them every once in a while they may have a katusha watch rockets hit them you know now i got a truck or two but nobody in my unit got hurt or killed i know i think one no i think one or two people got hurt but not killed you know um which is a good thing They, they all made it back home safely they all make it made it back home safely so that was a good thing you know and my heart goes out to the veterans that that um that was that passed over that that was killed in action, you know. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. Katrina happened, 2005 right? Mm-hmm. I was working at Evandale Shipyard. And I was doing my trade. I was doing um structural, not what you call that, um, sheet metal with Pep. Okay. I was working there. Yeah. We was building LPD. Evan Evondale was bought out by Lipton Lipton Corporation Then Lipton was bought out by Notre Drummond okay Notre Drummond is the ones that's building the um, aircraft carriers in the naval ships in general so they bought us out Notre Drummond they wanted the military contracts because the lpd 17s is half the size of a cargo ship and cost way more. A found out a cargo ship that we was building cost like maybe three hundred million mm. average, right? Maybe four hundred million. The LPD seventeen is half the size of the ship, less metal and whatnot. You know, less time to um to make for what I understand cost it like a billion dollars, close to a billion dollars, man. Mm. So yeah, so that's what we was building for the navy or whatnot. And every once in a while you see Commanders and Navy, come on, you yard. Commanders, captains, come on, come on, y'all! And inspect the ships to see how things was going. So, okay, so the, Katrina happened. At first, I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, I thought it was just gonna be another hurricane. to Be honest with you. Okay. You um, know, me and my brother watching the television. My family left. Like, I have to say, boss. Ooh, setting about two thirds of the city left. I gotta put this in the mind of your um listeners that um um Louisiana, especially southeastern Louisiana, the um income level is very low. And you have a um high poverty line, you have a lot of people that's in poverty. And um people are wondering why people are so many people left. Was left in the city, you know. Didn't leave. The reason why is people didn't have the money. You know, it, uh, it's you know. I have a lot of people that's below the pop. You know, below the poverty line. So, but we, huh? Oh, so we um we stayed. Me and my brother. Me and my brother. And um, the, the hurricane hit. Floated out the city, and we was in the city. So we had to finagle our way outside the city to uh, to survive, to escape. And we we helped save like thirty people, you know, which was a good thing. Mm hmm. Um, we made it to north to northern Louisiana, Moreau, Louisiana. they from Moreau, We went to um, what you call that? Houston, Texas. Mm hmm. You know, Houston I ain't gonna lie it was showing people love from New Orleans it was Texas was You know, there's the uh, state of um, George Bush and George Bush when he released that money that aid money a whole bunch of it went to Texas man so people was getting free apartments and what not you know. you know and at that time I mean ooh, man I mean it was just strange, it was just, you know, for a whole city to be packed pack up and move to another city, and you see the same people you went to school with, or you didn't see people, like, in 20 years, you saw, like, mm. in Walmart, yeah. That was which, yeah, Walmart was a meeting spot, right, so, I'm like, wow, man, we're in Houston, so I got various jobs when I was in Houston, whatnot, and, I uh, finally got on with the VA after, uh, I went to Longstone Community College, and I learned my trade. I was learning my trade, HVAC, whatnot. So, I got on with the VA first with the on-the-job training program through through vote Rehab, which is regional office. And because I was um at fifty dis- percent uh, disability at that time, so that that allowed me to go through vote Rehab for training. Okay. From, from when I was in that, I was in the AC shop and I used to work with the co workers or whatnot. And from 2010, 2012, they told me to apply for the ballroom. You know, and I applied for it and I got on. And I was thankful for them, you know, at least looking
0: out for me. And um, did, when, 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 a, when you huh? got hired, did you think that was like that was your career job you, you had going?
1: Yes, yes. I mean, it, it, it. Yeah, I mean, at twenty-four dollars an hour and some change, yeah, <laughs> it was a career drop. I mean, I didn't want to leave the job. Okay. You know, but it just I didn't know the politics was that vicious mm-hmm. that I was dealing with. You know, I, I I had some supervisors before that was um pricks, but my 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 supervisor I had man, who wasn't seeing eye to eye. You know, I, I, I I appreciate the fact he gave me a chance, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but um, just the mind games he was playing with us. How he was trying to put co-roach co-workers next to each other and whatnot. Yeah, I gotta put this, in, you know, in, um, in context so your listeners can understand. Like, I mean, the money was good, but we have somebody playing mind games with you and trying to make you do certain things. Against your own integrity, right. you know that's you know, you, you, you in a way you kind of stop thinking about the money, you know, unless unless you was raised to to deal with that to kiss butt or whatnot. But um, I just I didn't we we fell out, you know, because I wasn't a backstabber like he wanted me to be. You know, used to tell me things, stop talking to them group of guys that's an energy control or whatnot. I was like, man, this is weird, you know. I mean, I'm a grown man, you're a grown man. So I mean, you can't tell me who to talk to who not to talk to. Even when I'm off work, my can't get mad when he see me talking to
0: him. Really?
1: Man, you just man, that's the least of it. <laughs> So, you know, so basically we got it. We started getting into it. He started setting me up, you know, what you call that, uh, messing with the valves in a plant, you know, and I had to go around and make sure the valves that was supposed to be off stay off and the veils that was supposed to be off stay off. He didn't do things like that. He messed with different – they had so many components in a plant, it was ridiculous. We had four ballers,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? We, we had a, what, um. Trying to remember. Twenty, thirty, what thirty thousand ton? Uh, uh, BTU? Wait. We had four, you know. So, um, they pro- Oh, the ball is produce steam for the um, building itself. Okay, the steam, which is is super uh, superheated heat. It produces steam. It goes to the building to keep the building warm. When it mixes with the, um, the um, AC used um, air, air conditioning units, right? The air handlers units at the building, right? To temper the um, temperature, right? To to bring it down to a certain set point or bring it up to a certain set point, so the patients can be feel comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. So and also it. It give warmth for the showers and the, um, the faucets or whatnot. Right. So, okay, that's what we was done. I started. They told me they said before I got on. They said watch when you watch we don't have no ball on um, water for the ballers. The the, the, the ballers need waters to, to to produce steam, right? I said, watch. That's reason you have to drag out the big holes. So, it happened. Bam. All right no water to the building itself. You know, the reason how we know there's no water in the building, we do our rounds, we check the gauges, the water gauges on the um, the equipment and whatnot. You know, you got this, this thing, I forgot the, the name of it because it's been two or three years, but it's the water, they preheat the water before it goes into the water, at, before it goes into the boilers. It brings the water up to 212. Then it Sends it to the um, ballers, okay?
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. you don't want no cool water in the ballers, because it's so hot. You don't want to cause no explosion or import closure you know. So it preheats the water and it brings it to the um, ballers itself. So, okay, we see the gauge on that goes down. Then we know that we, you know, we don't have that much water. But besides that, we, this is how we really know that the water stopped when we started getting calls from the nurse station, right? Energy control would send a calls over to us once they start doing their rounds around the facility, checking pressure gauges, whatnot, oxygen tanks and whatnot. They do it like every hour, every two hours. They make their rounds. So they say, oh, we're transferring the phones over to you. So, okay, no problem. So we put our log sheet to take the uh, the calls from the nurse nurse stations or from the janitors, whatever, all the clerks. So nurse stations start calling. Oh, we don't have no water. We don't have no faucet. The ice machine stopped watering. The toilet's not flushing. Once we start hearing that, we know there's no water coming into the building. The city of Houston sent water, send um, brings water to us right through the pipeline. Uh they have a veil they have a veil that's on our property right that separates our pipeline from their pipeline their pipeline and our pipeline is about 20 inches in diameter size of a car tire it's very huge so one particular day I decided to go check it you know because I had an opportunity to go outside and go check this particular veil that was like our building was maybe about, let me see, 50 yards away from the pipeline, from the valley itself, and it had a coworker in there with me that we both learned on the on ballers, ballers ourselves, working on them. He said, um, I said, man, I'm going to go take a look at it, watch the ballers, because you, you can't leave the ballers unless you have you know, a replacement or whatnot, because that's federal guidelines. But since I had somebody there, I said, man, I'm to go, go find out why we always having these problems with no water? I mean, they should at least change the veil or something. There's got to be something going on. So I went outside, and I took a look at it. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it, and a co-worker, the other co from Energy Control, he was out there. He's messing with it. I said, man, please, I said, man, what, what, ha- what what's going on? Why is this always happening? Because I figured it's the VA They got all the money. You know, I saw, you <laughs> know, Bro, they spend a million dollars a month on energy alone. You Ooh. know, a million dollars a month. Yes. On energy. For electricity. I, I don't think that's combined gas and water. That's just electricity. You know, them, them chillers that we have, them big old chillers, man, they, they, they suck up a lot of power. they 4,160, you know, 4,160 volts. So, them Yorks. So, man, we are... Uh, I'm looking at the veil, I'm helping him out. He said, man, he, he told me, man, the reason why I get clogged up is because mud in the system. I said, what? Mud in the system? He said, yes, that's, what, that's what's stopping It's compacted with mud. I'm looking at it, I said, dude, all you see, he said, man, I am serious. It popped on me, and he was telling the truth. My strip became muddy, it, it splashed out the veil as he wriggling the jute, the mud loose, right, with the veil handle. It went throughout the system. But once, once you clear that particular line, what happens is it creates other problems. It, it, it pushed the water through the system even further, the mud and through the system, and through the smaller pipes going to the faucets and toilets and showers and ice machines. So now you get, you get new work orders. You get people calling from all the workstations. Sometimes, or some of them, because you got mud in his system. So, people have to turn on the faucets and let it run because mud have to come through it, right? You let the, the water clear. You have to um, unclog the toilets or whatnot because you got mud in the toilets. They have to let the showers run for the, I've been told, all oh, this, man, but to restart the ice machine. So, we have to do all that. So, I was thinking. No, I have to back up from there. And I I had asked him while we was out there messing with the veil itself. I said, Bruh, man, please tell me they got a filter for this hospital. You know, like a main filter before, you
0: know, something to treat the water before it goes to the hospital. He said, No, it don't. They didn't have said, any treatment.
1: They no filter. They I'm not I'm not gonna say any treatment, but it has but the particular different like like the um ice machines, some of the majority of the ice machines had filters. Yeah. Dental had had its own filter. And um, the group that cleaned the tubes, the, the surgical equipment, they had their own filter. But everything else was just wide open, man. <sighs> everything was wide open. So at that time, I'm like, damn, that's messed up. You know? Yeah. I, I didn't know how serious it was. Uh, you know, what, what contaminated water can lead to. You know, so me and my supervisor, you know, wasn't seeing eye. eye. We, we had to go to we had to go to mediation because I, uh, um, I I had a funny suspicion because some of the things he's to say around me, I, I figured I, I was thinking. I said I think this dude in my medical files. You know, I think some of the managers is one of my medical files. You know, because you know, talking to you know, I, I was a patient there also. I used to right. go on the sixth floor, which is the mental health department, you know, and um, I used to go up there and tell them about my problems and my deep, my deep dark secrets, and you know, that to me that was just a relief to go t- talk to people and share with them. So they, they put your information in a computer or whatnot. I come to find out that I mean, if a person knows your name, your social security number, they can anybody can go in your in the computer and look at your records. Mm-hmm. So, in a way, when I, because I was told that before, and I'm, you know, listen to him talk and whatnot, I'm like, I, I think these people were in my records. You know? You know, I accused them of going in there. I didn't really have evidence. I just, I just, you know, you know, you talking to certain people, and they're calling you crazy. You know? Right. Which is a mind game they play on Like, you don't know me. I don't hang out with you. Why are you going to call me crazy? You know? Unless, unless you went in my records and some of the things I told a psychiatrist that's between me and a psychiatrist it was for to help me. But if you got a layman right? Yeah. Go on your records. Somebody off the street right? They don't know any better. they never been trained on this. They're going to read something about your health records or your um, your psych records. They're going to take you crazy. Because they're not trained, right? Mm-hmm. So, man, that, that bothered me, man. I mean, like, what the hell? And I looked around at these folks. I'm like, I'm like, I'm in my mind. It was like, what give y'all the right to do that? You know? I mean, it it was just hurting, man. It was hurting. So, so um, I um, I accused them of going to my records or whatnot. I heard rumors that they do do it. And they had an ex-manager told me that they do do it. You know, because most of the managers I came across, or well, some of the managers I came across, they never went on the sixth floor to get psych um, help. It was, it was always the average worker that wasn't managers would go on the sixth floor to get help or the patients. So, okay. Um, they moved me to the Ace Vex shop. That took me out the border plank and moved me to the HVAC shop. And while I was working in there, um, I was learning my—I was back to my original trade, learning my trade, working on walk-in refrigerators and ice machines and whatnot, AC units, you know, with the, um, all my little equipment that they gave me, and they was buying for me. And while I was working, I was learning different things, you know. I was going to the mechanical bay 8, and which – The water goes to in a pipeline goes to mechanical bay eight, which is in the basement of the the, uh, VA facility, and it splits out. It goes throughout the system, right? Mm -hmm. With the steam itself and the other lines, uh, electrical lines and whatnot. So they have no main filter. I've been in there; they had no main filter. J. Cole, jerk commission was coming through, and when jerk commission come through, what happens is they panic. Because, you know, jerk uh, jerk, commission can't have the power to shut down a hospital. So I had to do inventory on all of the ice machines. The item numbers, the VIN numbers. Were, so I had to go through ice machines. And I wrote down the numbers on the back of them and whatnot. And also the ones that didn't have filters and whatnot. I had to turn that in. The ice machine on the fifth floor, the OR room. It was a brand new ice machine and a fifth floor staff didn't inform us that they was getting a new ice machine because we was we was supposed to be the ones to do it to make sure everything was properly done. This ice machine didn't have no filt didn't have no filters on it. So it was getting that straight contaminated water. They used this ice machine for organs and whatnot. Now I've been told that when they put the organs in a in a bucket in
2: ice coolers with the ice they had it, the organs is on uh, wrapped, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But also, they use the ice for patients too to cool down bodies. But still, in all, this should have some fil- a filter on it. So, I'm
1: saying, man, this is this is terrible. You know, ice machine without no filter. Yeah. Knowing how dirty this water is, and the erosion that is causing to the pipes, which make it doubly worse. Just like what you you saw what happened in Flint Flint. So, man. Okay. I had to leave because I was shunned. They basically blackballed me. And people stopped talking to me and stopped giving me assistance because um I accused them of going in my records and they found out that I knew about the water, how bad the water was so they ran me out of there I, I, I'm being honest with you I had, I, mean, I quit man, I need a peace and quiet you um, know I've been told you know when I was left that they were spreading rumors about me all over the place man so I left Houston but I was I have to tell your audience this and tell you this that I was quiet as a mouse because I heard what happens to whistleblowers You know, I watched stories on whistleblowers, how they were set up, or whatnot. So I was quiet as a mouse because at that time, I didn't really have evidence. Only thing I was was just a witness. You know, I said, man, I I don't know what to do, you know? So I really don't have no evidence. But, I, I mean, I was seeing things like I was being followed by the police and whatnot. Really? You know, I with my, yes, yes. Girl, I, I, some weird things, and um, people ask me strange things about what a dope is at. Can you bring me to go to this house to get you know some dope? You know, and I didn't dress like a. I mean, my pants wasn't sagging. You know, I didn't have. <laughs> I didn't have no go. I, my pants wasn't sagging. I was neatly dressed, and I'm start. I, I was noticing a pattern. You know, was going on. You know, and they was always trying to get me to sell my medicine, you know, my, my you know, my pain medicine for my back or whatnot. Hey man, you know, you go to VA, right? I said, yeah. I said, bro, you got any pain medicine? I said, yeah, I got something. You sell me some? Give me something? Yeah, I'm like, no, no. You know, I ain't think nothing of it at that time. But once I start notice a pattern, I mean, a pattern, and, and, and paying attention to news, you know, that's a crime. You can't sell your. prescription prescription medicine, and that never used to happen to me before, where you had a whole bunch of people, I had a whole bunch of people asking me, this is going on like at least once or twice a week. You know, that's just something that where people just start a conversation with you. Hey, hey, Uncle Hotel. Yeah, how you doing, my brother? Oh, my back hurt. Say, bro. You got any pain uh, medicine? You can sell me? or we can swap out and this and that and the other people just don't start conversations like that right you know so you know I'm like hold on wait a minute <laughs> hold on and, and I, and I start putting two and to two together mm-hmm. I say, you know what I think I'm being shut up and that's when it hit no matter it was just I was the first year the first year it was like I was quiet as a mouse because I was afraid. I didn't really have evidence, but at the same time, it was messing with me because I knew about it—the the, the terrible conditions. But I didn't really have evidence other than just being a, a witness. So I stepped out on faith. I started writing media or whatnot. I started writing people, and when I, I got my emails back, was saying, "You need evidence. You need evidence." I'm like damn, I have no evidence. I mean, what 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 do I go to? You know, so I mean, it's not like I can create my own evidence. You know, but through the power of um, the universe or the creator, man, when it's a will is way. and by me talking to these people, I start coming across people that was telling, giving me insight on what to do, who to write, write. You know, one person said, write the um, White House and Office of Special Counsel, right? And I wrote them. And another person said, "Write the EPA," and I wrote them too. And over time, that became my evidence, because when the EPA, in a way, they kind of messed up, but they messed up in a good way for me and for the veterans. Okay. The EPA, yeah, the EPA jumped on, jump on the city of Houston to fix the problem. Okay. You know, the problem was the reason why it was happening is they had a hole that developed over time before a hole that developed over time in a pipeline. Okay. And he, right? And that mud was seeking in. They finally fixed it. Now, how long that hole existed for? I do not know. But I tell you this, I, have, I heard rumors, just back in 2012 or 2013, 2012, 2014, when I went active. Right? Right. So this had to be before 2010, because I was seeing rumors that this has been going on for a long time. So by me picking up the phone and calling EPA, EPA jumped on the city of Houston, right? In the the, um, information that they sent me saying they contacted the city of Houston, and the city of Houston fixed the problem. It was a hole that developed, and the, the mud was going in. I said, yeah, that's good. I didn't know at the time how important that was when they gave me the information, right? Because that's showing that the VA was wrong and not jumping on that case sooner. Right. And not at least having a filter. Because, well, I'm going to get back to that later. Okay, they jumped on it. I usually print my stuff off the computer, mm-hmm. right, and save it, make hard copies. So I said, well, at least I got that email, and I just kept it. I went back on the computer, man, to print it out. To let people know what I saw, what I read, the EPA rescinded the message, the recall, the message they sent me for. They recalled it Yeah. of the proof what they gave me because that would have tied in to other cases, which at that time I didn't know. By doing my own investigation and hooking up with people like you and other, you know other people, yeah, they was the ones helping me out because I'm ignorant to this. I didn't really know nothing about contamination laws and this and that and the other. But you have good people that's out here on the on planet. When you ask, you know, people I help you out. Now I came across some people that was just pretending to help me, but and it wasn't. You know, it was almost like they were sent sent to me to get collect information from me and to uh, lead me down the wrong path. Okay, bam, I found out they had a case that a woman's suing the Michael E. DeBakey Hospital right for 1.5 to 2 3 million dollars her husband died in the hospital died, became ill in the hospital right mm-hmm. guess from what he got ill from MRSA staph infection okay yeah A God shared that with me right we saw it on google We googled. he googled it for me and sent it to me our um, name is, um, well, the man's name was Larry Love. I think he was an ex-Air Force guy. And, um, you know, he suffered, he um, got in a car wreck, and it did um, damage to his spine, and he was treated at that center. Now, I have to I have to say this, that um, the VA, from what I've been told, especially Michael DeBakey, have the best brain surgeons, the best burnt centers, and the best... Um, Spinal doctors—they got the best, bought none. Um, But okay, he died. He got contacted. He got he contacted. uh, He got infected with MRSA. And when I spoke to his wife on the phone, she told me about this how he suffered for like a year afterwards after he had surgery there. You know, it just the infection just ate him up. And I say, man of God, when we discovered that. I said, he said, that's why they try to get you, Mr. Simon. You know, Tommy. That's why they're so concerned about you, because your case could tie to his case and other cases. Now it's the only case I came across. So I sent my information out to different journalists and whatnot, Military Times, you know, um, people that's leaning to the left, people to the arena leaning to the right. I didn't care. It was this is a bipartisan issue, right? And I get some response every now and then, so they had certain people start. for what I've been told, that I'm um, start doing freedom of of uh, information release. You know, f- uh, what you call it, FOIA
2: request.
1: So, which is going to take some time, you know, because they can hold that up as long as they want. But the more people that do for it, of course, then uh, uh, from what I've been told, it helps speed up the process. So. Okay. So that's being done right now. I wrote the IG, I wrote the um Journal Commission. I wrote different news organizations, newspapers, independent journalists. I wrote what else I wrote? I wrote um activist groups that deal with clean water. I wrote what well this woman by the name of Erin Brockovich, I wrote her. She's 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 overwhelmed with um containment of water throughout the country. You know. I wrote um The Young Turks, I wrote influence or whatnot. And so on and so on. I wrote my Senator uh, Senator Bill Cassidy, William Cassidy, right? And um he jumped right on it. It only took him like three weeks total to jump right on it, you know, compared to when I wrote my congressman, Cedric Richmond, representative of Cedric Richmond, and he sent the information to Sheila Jackson Lee, she i have yet to contact. It's like, I don't know what's going on. So, over time I started realizing certain things about this is very political. Right. You know, Houston is, is a democratically controlled city. I see myself as a progressive, but not one of those progressives that follow the on groups' mantra. You know, I'm an independent thinking person. Also, you know, I I know what's going on the world stage with different characters like Gerald Ciro's or whatnot. I already understand that. So, I'm you know, I'm, I'm I'm by me talking to people, you know, family members and the people that was helping me out, which I got very little help, to be honest with you. I started realizing that I said, man, this is a cover-up. I said, they don't want this to get out because what that's going to say about the, um, it's, it's, it's bigger than what what you think it is. It's because you're dealing with contaminated water that been allowed to go, along, go on at the hospital for a long time, God knows how long. Nobody, and they, Nobody picked up the phone and mean to tell me call at least call the city of Houston to find out the problem before I got there and I and I left because I was harassed out. No one picked up the phone. It took me to pick up the phone and call the EPA. You know? And that just boggled my mind because you have these GS 12 gs GS13s, GS 14s. People that's making all this money, over a hundred thousand dollars a year, with they are uh, master degrees and and PhDs, right? But which I'm not knocking them for having it. I'm, I'm for higher education, but I'm like, dang, I'm like, you couldn't pick up the phone and call, you know? And they couldn't pick up the for all that money they got in the budget, bro. They couldn't pick up the phone and get a uh, water treatment plant. A, um, a, you know, station to treat the water, knowing that this shit is going on. It just, I mean, I saw. I mean, they spent millions of dollars for new chillers, right? To install mm-hmm. New York, New York chillers, right? They spent millions of dollars to install solar panels on top of the building. To they, they spent millions of dollars to um, make a new plant for the um generators, right? The backup generators they spent new dollar new means dollars for a new building to be attached to the, the VA why they can't spend a hundred thousand two hundred thousand for water treatment you know I, it just it, it just boggles my mind I'm like it's is this beyond I mean what is this incompetence you know what I'm saying yeah this is this I mean I don't want to go into conspiracy theory but that is crazy you know it it still boggles my mind and it's still trying to cover it up it's still telling people I'm this grown employee and whatnot, which I have to get into also to, to let your listeners know how I found out that these so called activists is really to me paid
0: shields right they're paid shields, the NWE's ACP, I think should be just dismantled. You know, <laughs> you got that, they,
1: right. man. They, 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 I was treated like crap on the phone with these people, man. As they playing me like it's like the VA got to them and told them something about me or something. Man. I said, man, I, I witnessed something on the VA at the VA grounds. Then you know, all this strange stuff started happening to me. Oh. You crazy, you know, they didn't tell me I was crazy. just hung up the phone in my face. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, you're supposed to be down with the people, you know, whatever. Right. But it wasn't that case, man. It was just, you know, people telling me you can't fight the government. They'll set you up, this and that and the other. And I'm looking at them, I'm like, I feel like they're already trying to set me up. So I have no, so I might as well go. Do the right thing, you know. So and I, I just thought about it, I said, I can't believe this. It's like I'm probably enemy number one. But 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 I tell you one thing, with the of prayer and meditation, it works, man. The prime prayer meditation works. So I have to take myself out my body, right? Figuratively speaking. And I, you know, I look at the stars and I say, man, you know, God, why you put me through this? You know, and, um, I just came upon the thought that this have to be done. Right. I have to do this. I have to do this. If nobody else didn't do it. So I guess it's you, Tyree. I stopped looking for groups. I stopped looking for like support, like talking about it. Because sometimes when I look for the support with my case, I come across people that didn't have my best interests at heart. Right. You know, it was as if there was paid shills or something. You know, and I start really leaning on my own self. And by me leaning on my own self, I made it this far with my case. And Bill Cassidy jumped on it. You know, and I sent them. I sent them. I sent him. Chuck Grassley, who else? Al Green. Um, Homeland Security, Joint Commission. My package, you know, and Donald Trump. I wrote President Obama too, and I sent Donald Trump, and also I've been reaching out to other whistleblowers or whatnot, right? So, man, so that's what I'm doing. I'm using the system, but if this case don't get out, media immediately, I mean, in the news, what can happen is they can bury it. Right. Just like the Office of Special Counsel did. You know, they didn't want to touch it. I'm like, talk to the lawyer on the phone, man. I said, man, I sent you the information. What you think? Well, you told us that they maybe they could have fixed the problem. You know, if they fixed the problem, then it's no more problem. I said, man, that's not the case about them fixing the problem. I said, the case is contamination of the patients. You right. probably have patients die from this. And you yeah. know if that's the that? Well, we don't really do that. You know, I didn't think about recording the guy or anything like that. But like, the, even, he knew, I heard in his voice that he knew that it was wrong. But because it was he's like he didn't want to do it like, almost like it was protective Mike Green DeBakey. You know? On uh, uh, medical center, the via hospital. You know, like he didn't want to touch it. You know? I'm like, damn! I, I wrote the um, Office of um, Government Accountability. Only spoke to them once. They have yet to call me back. But the IG, they still investigating me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, man, I, I just don't know. I just, but I keep on pushing forward and forward and forward. But I tell you this, this I tell you some of the strange things that was happening to me. Before the election, when I used to do Google searches on my computer, man, man, it was like, i get certain names to pop up with other whistleblowers, right, and um, when Trump was elected, I noticed something changed. So when I did my Google searches, again, when he, he, he was elected, right, mm-hmm. I noticed something changed that I start getting the results that I needed. It's as if somebody, switched from off to on and was helping me out behind the scenes you know he was worried and then I start, you know then what Ellis Jones was saying was making sense that you do have a battle going on in an intelligence community okay and I kind of picked that up I kind of picked that up man they had some other crazy things happen to me but I don't want to say but I kind of picked that up I say something, I, I think they have some people actually want me to, to, to succeed, But you still got a large group out there who don't want me to succeed, that want me to uh, to, uh, to trap me and throw me in prison or whatever. So I can't worry about that because what I have to worry about, what I have to accomplish is get my case out there and helping out the vets. Now if that takes them Maybe once they throw me in prison for something that they got me on like two or three years ago, so be it. At least I be in prison because I did something right. Right. I mean, I mean, because you must understand this. I gotta tell this to you and your audience. It's like this can lead to a big cake. This is big. I, for what I understand. This is big. Remember, a month or two ago, Cap'n June had the reward. The, those are Marines that was on the base billions of dollars.
0: Okay. Yeah. all right Okay.
1: Got all these vets that go to the hospital. Ten thousand a month, from what I understand. Ten thousand. I, mean, I think they should. I think they see a hundred thirty thousand within a year's time of patients. Right. Of people going to that um hospital, particular hospital. Contaminated water. You had that that uh, uh, woman's husband died in that hospital. Right, like Larry Love. God knows how many other people died in the hospital with MRSA. That's if they wrote down MRSA. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a case. That's a big case for a, a big old class action lawsuit. Then I have a case because I was, you know, being harassed. I'm a whistleblower. You know, so I have a case. Then I heard that, you know, they harassed other whistleblowers themselves. so they should have a case so I made it this far and I'm a supporter of Trump you know and I'm a progressive that supports Trump you know so I'm like man I just hope this comes out one day you know and I've been at this for years and years and years now I have to tell this to you man and your listeners okay I like listening to you speak on YouTube <laughs> you know I, 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 you know I came across you last year before I came across you see I was I, I was trapped in that paradigm in that that african-american paradigm for years but I always thought maybe it had something else outside that paradigm but I couldn't really Come out of it, right? I was—I used to read literature on You know, they had this group called Leonard roots Group off the East Coast. I used to read their literature a lot, and I said, "Man, this this guy is pretty deep." I listen, you know, listen to him on television and whatnot. Okay, I just started noticing certain things. I mean, um, okay, when I was watching you, before I started watching you, I used to watch this dude on YouTube called the Evil Oyo, right? I watch him every now and then, and he was just oh man, he was vicious, bro. He's like you, but times ten you. Right. Okay. This dude was vicious on African Americans. You know, he was a um, Nigerian brother. You know, and um, he was just he was just vicious on on um, African Americans. He was talking about how you know the neoliberals control African Americans through victimization complexes. And Things like that, right? And I was like, I was taking some of the offense he was saying, but at the same time, I say I'm gonna still give this dude a chance because I feel like he's telling the truth on certain on certain things. And I came to realize he was telling the truth. You know, I used to listen to Bobby himmett You know,
0: yeah.
1: And Bobby Hinton used to say certain things like that too. And you know, Doctor Phil Valentine, I listened to. Uh, I listen to Alex Jones or whatnot, Joe Skous, and uh, Mike Shinovic, all that. And I start breaking out this paradigm and come to find out by me doing yoga exercises and listening to said guru, that when you're born, you you are given these, um what you call that, um perimeters of thinking, perceptions, yeah. right? So if you're African American and you born in the South, so you're going to think like a son of the like you from the South, from like you from New Orleans, you got your own set parameters. So if a person call you certain names or, uh, or use certain things, it's designed to control your behavior, right? The thing is what you want to do is you want to break that behavior. You want to break that those buttons. They come outside that box of control. You know, like how can you, how can you control a group of people? You know, what is... Like they had to do, Dr. Phil Fantine say what 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 black people say all the time. What's happening, man? How you doing, Brian? You, you know what's going on, hey? And he made a box. He said, "Here's the words that they use to control you." <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you know I read the, and I looked at the words around a box. I said, yeah, "That's how you know African Americans speak." You know and whatnot. Say so you must break this box. You have to come outside this box. You know, so I had to challenge myself. I had to stop. Having a victim um, complex
2: that was given to me by Burke, right? Right.
1: Not knowing that my family, my friends was indoctrinated in it, right? So I watch um, television, I'm on YouTube channels like you and, and, and other people, right, to come outside that box. I'm not perfect, you know what I'm saying? I know I still got them. I'm still trapped in a box to a certain way, but I'm still coming outside the box. The reason why I have to bring that up is because one thing I did notice when it was trying to set me up or whatnot. What they do is, I'm an African-American male, so they knew certain things about me, right? I started noticing people was asking me certain things about different things that happened last year with the police shootings and whatnot. And I started noticing patterns. also. Now, I mind you, I have to remind your listeners and you that I am a whistleblower. And as a whistleblower, you gotta be very careful. You can't say this, the average thing what a citizen says, right? So, I start noticing, man, people, you know, they have the cell phones out around me and whatnot. On the shirt pocket and whatnot. And then, hey, what you think about the police? You know, this and that and the other. I'm like, oh, wow, man, that's sad, man. You know? And I start noticing that maybe I'm being set up again. Like, they're trying to paint me as being a militant. You know, a black militant or a militant in general. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, because they have... Like, two years ago, I went to a party, right, and these people I knew, and they was asking me certain things in that party, too, containing to like, black pride, and I wasn't really, you know, buying it, because I was on a spiritual path. They brought me, you know, one guy said, man, hey, man, you want to take a picture? He said, yeah, man. So we stood up in front of a, Trin- a Trinidadian flag. He turns around and looks at me, man. He said, raise up your hand in a black power sign. we stand in front of a Trinidadian flag. We had a Trinidadian party. Standing in front of the flag. And, <laughs> and he's next to me. He raised up the, um, his, his, his hand in a black power sign. He said, raise up your hand in a black power sign. I looked at him, because the way he said it, and, and, and I'm in front of this flag, and I'm like, I know a little something about CGI. <laughs> I watch I watch Alex Jones, you know, I watch these different people dealing with conspiracy theories. I say, bro, I'm not doing that. You know what I'm saying? I am not. So because the way he said it, he said, man, yeah, do that, and we're going to take a picture of it using your phone. And there's gonna be something to remember us about, right? I said, "What?" <laughs> I said, "I throw up a peace sign. I throw up a peace line, and I put the biggest smile on my face I can put, right?" And as they taking a picture with my camera, they had another person on the side from my from my, uh, my 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 vision to my 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 right was taking a picture of us too. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I throw up a peace sign. I'm like man, so I took the can- I took my phone. I started sending pictures to my sister or well, whatnot. I don't know if she still has the pictures. But I started thinking to myself, say man, you know what? With CGI, they can do a lot. They can take the Maternity flag and they can replace it with another type of flag, right? And I didn't give no Black Power salute at all because that was crazy, and I know that I already know I'm being set up. So, man, I had to to do a lot of soul searching. You know? I started realizing that um, I felt like I was being set up. That um, some of these so-called activists, some of these so-called leads in the African-American community is being paid off. Because this happened when I was in Houston. When I used to go to these African meetings, right? These dealing with ancient and Kimet, right? <laughs> Egyptians. <laughs> so before all this happened, when I used to go to these meetings, the poetry meetings from like when I started going in the nineties, you know, by me reading Lenin LaRouche and whatnot and other economic people, and I used to always bring up I say, well, you no, know, we're we'll gonna start talking about, you know, open up businesses, you know, maybe developing different parts of Africa, putting our money together open the banks. And, you know, maybe one day, you know, trying to create a nuclear power plant in Nigeria or or the Congo. Well, that can fully employ people where we become doctors and lawyers. You know, most of them do do, do people inside the meetings they want to hear that, bro. Right. It was like, when it came down to economics and... Machines and building your own stuff, or trying to develop Africa to compete on the world stage, or creating wealth in the black community—it's like they didn't want to. They didn't want to hear. It. it was like I've been to different meetings. It was like, let us talk about how the white man got their foot on our neck. <laughs> uh, let, let us talk about black love with the Millington that's in, inside of you and you get from the center of the universe with the dark and the carbon coming into you that making you more spiritual than the other people and all that that's how i was hearing you know and at one time i was i was brainwashed by it until i woke up and i found out that was really bs because first of all it was man that created the different races i'm not talking about the story of yaku but i'm just saying through our perception of thousands of years of I mean millions of years of being on the planet, thousands of years recently, right? The last two, three thousand years, it was man that introduced the concept of different races.
2: Right. It
1: wasn't God, okay, it wasn't the creator. And that's how you can have racism came about. The first known racism was the India with that. the Aryans that invaded the Davidians, whatnot, right? And you made a different cast. Then you have the modern-day racism. That was established in the last 500, 600 years, you know, but that was based on economics or whatever, right? So, I had to look at, put things in context and realize that this is man made. And all these feel good stories they tell you about you get this one group being superior and all these other group being superior than this other group yellow pride, brown pride, black pride, white pride all that is, that just, that's the belief system, you know? But that was developed by man. So I had to get outside that paradigm. And once I started coming outside that paradigm, I started realizing about the control they have on society itself and how they uh, play black and white against each other, how they play the Hispanics against black and white, Muslims and Christians against each other, and whatnot. So, from my point of view right now, I'm going to, have, I'm going to hold tap. I see a massive manipulation going on, and I see how how they destroy Africa, the power elite, and how they destroy Eastern Europe, and how they trying to how they trying to destroy Russia also through the um plan is what you call identity politics. Yeah. Well, they trying to pick like the Slavic people against the um the Western Europeans or whatnot. You know, trying to pick the hit the um, Serbian people, the Ukrainian people against the Osavic people and whatnot, the Catholics against the Orthodox Al- Al- Christians and whatnot, the Muslims against the Orthodox Christians and whatnot, the Tatars or whatever. And I'm saying it now, and I'm saying it is here now, and I've been told this some years ago by reading Lina, by reading Leonard LaRouche and uh, watching Alex Jones and uh, watching you know Bobby Hemet and other people that it was going to come here. So right now what we got going on, which I see is like an Arab Spring, but it's an American spring. You know? But it's like almost like they're trying to start something here. And I felt like through what I what I was going through as if as if that I was being used in a certain way to take the um, the um, attentions off the, the contaminated water and make it a race issue by like as if somebody was controlling the people that was being sent to me to try to get me to say racial things against white people or Hispanics or Vietnamese or Africans right and I didn't go for it you know so I, I started noticing things like every time something happened on the news media like when they have police shootings or whatnot people come around me and talk about it all the time you know if you had something with the immigration thing people are talking about it all the time as if they're trying to get me to say something bad about it or something good about it or whatever you know and I just give them awful walk the awful wall answer, you know because uh, for what I've been for what I understand, By watching Dick Gregory, they say how they breaks down how they get a whistleblower. You know, they first they destroy your credibility in the community. They destroy your credibility in the community first, then they they put down the hammer on you. So, just say they set me up one day, and I go to trial because the spread rumors about me. The jury won't be fair. They'll be hating my guts because they think I'm racist. I didn't think I'm a drug dealer. They think me whatever, right? So I want to have a fair trial. So that'd be a win-win for the people out to hush me, right? Now, I know I went a little bit far on that, but that's my thinking of trying to put things together on what's going on with me in my life right now, knowing that I'm a whistleblower, and knowing that my case can have a major impact on the VA system itself, not just my daily baking. We got I mean this this could be hundreds of millions of dollars or billions of dollars lawsuit. I mean, if my case ever get out and by me dealing with people like you and all the uh, journalists and whatnot. One journalist told me when I told him about my story and I wanna talk to him on the phone about it a month ago, he said, Man, I said, the reason why they're doing this to you, Mr. Simon, is because when you have um, a problem like that, and you have water, you know, contaminated water like that, but in the system, they were supposed to announce that. He said they probably didn't even announce it, which makes sense because they announced it. Then people in the city of Houston or surrounding counties would have put two to two together and start thinking about their relatives, right, that passed away or got sick with MRSA, and say, "Oh, that's how they probably got sick," and they probably would have came together and filed lawsuits. So. It's amazing from my own experience, sir, how they can turn things around and make it seem like it's something else to detract from the real story. And I think what was going on for me, to me for the past three years, was that uh, was I was slowly being set up to be one day thrown in a the, the prisoner to rock. To left the rock problem, until people forget about it. And, um, you know, I've been at this for three years now. Two years solidly writing letters constantly.
0: Okay.
1: First year, I didn't really do anything because I was afraid that. I used to hear stories, you know. I used to hear stories, man. I was in the military, man. So, so you don't want to go against Uncle Sam, man. they make you, you know, they can disappear you and stuff like that. (laughs) So, so man, I was I was afraid. I was afraid, but they saw something in me that I didn't see. They saw a potential inside that I didn't see the potential. So I guess that's why I figured that the things the weird things I was experiencing, people constantly asking me for the dope at and stuff like that. I think that was part of the game to try to get me to say something, or do something, but again, use something to blackmail me with, you know have something over my head you know throw me in prison for a good long time or whatever so and on top of that you know my you know our lives is very important my life is very important but you have to i have to put this in context the mass of people lives is very important right and i god can use you i don't know if you believe in the creator if you, it's your right if you believe or if you don't believe. But I know and agree. The, the credit puts you in certain situations where the credit uses you to save other people even though it might be at your own detriment. You know? But I can't really worry about myself. You know? Because the problem that, that micro E. debate is that they got a course of silence, a course of terror, where people are afraid to speak about what's going on in the hospital, you know. I'm pretty sure they got a weightless scandal going on there, but they are so corrupt and so powerful, man, and I feel to believe that the money they, the monies they had missing, which I found out they had missing from the union also from the, uh, the workers itself, the, uh, the staff, the, uh, the managers, the men's and dollars. I think that money probably went in outside into the black community and the other communities to pay off people. That's my opinion. Because I wasn't really getting no help. It was like these so-called civil rights activists or activists in general, you know, they was just for show. Just for show, But they're quick to tell you, they're quick to get you to say something against the government or other people. They're quick to say, oh man, the black man's suffering, this and that and the other. We gotta worry about taking down these institutions and this and that and other. But when it came down to it, when you're dealing with contaminated water, when you're dealing with radiation leaking into water like in southern Florida with you had that tonal collapse in, in, in California. You had the, 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 the crisis in Flint, Michigan. You had the other crisis throughout the, the land with water, contaminated water, you know, power shortages. Shit is going black because of power shortages. You got all, um, what else? All the conditions on these military bases that have contaminated soil and other things. You hard to see people protesting them about, right? Because when it comes down to it, you know, for real change, you don't see these activists out there. You see them talking about, you know, school vouchers, the voucher program. You see students standing up yesterday turning their their back against Bessie Divorce. But you're not going to see them students protesting, helping the people in Flint to protest to get their water, clean water right. You're not going to see them do it because it's too hard. They're going to do easy things, you know? You know, all oh, the police is racist, blah, 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 blah. That's PSA. And they'll protest and they have ticket lines and everything. But they, they won't have ticket lines for what is needed, like jobs, you know, infrastructure programs stop the wall in Syria and overseas, you know what I'm saying, to be pro-peace, things of that nature. They won't do that. And that's what I experienced throughout these last, I mean, this last year, especially two years, is just, you know, a lot of these movements you see out here is fake. And I'm a prime example of I have a real case. You know, nobody people are afraid to even help me with my case. You know what I'm saying? But they try to get me to talk about some statues and stuff like that. You know? I mean, yes, you have a right to protest to um, take them down. You got a right to protest to keep them up. They both have right to free speech. But my 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 thing is way important. It goes beyond race. It goes beyond sex and religion. It goes for human dignity, human safety that affects African Americans, European Americans, Native Americans, Hispanics, Muslim, Christian, Jews, and Atheists or whatnot. Whether what you on if whether if you on the left side and you and you think you're a communist or you're on the right side, you think you're a fascist. Or whatever. I don't care. This affects you. Okay? MRSA diseases, contamination of water do not care of your political stance. Okay, they do not care. So I understand why. You know, I'm not really, I'm not hard, I'm not hardly getting support of what I'm doing, but yet, it's. It, but I'm, in a way, I'm kind of understanding that it's it's designed like that, that you have paid shields provocateurs out there that'll make sure the real stories don't make it to public eye. That will make make sure that the real stories people won't get up in arms about in protests. Because you're always going to have uh, some type of group to make it a left-wing thing or a right-wing thing. And it's not a left-wing thing. It's not a right-wing, right-wing thing. It's a humanitarian thing. We got vets that need to be taken care of. We got US citizens that need to be taken care of. That's what it's about. And all this little stuff you see out here. This racial stuff and this religious stuff. That's meant to me that's I mean, that's not that's important, but that's not that important. You know. We gotta we gotta put our priorities, I feel to believe, this is my opinion, we gotta put our priorities in order. Clean water, better infrastructure, protecting people, human rights, right? Then the other things you can worry about later, you know, which I'm not taking away from. But the, we gotta put our things in order, you know, and, and, and be honest with you, man. By me writing Trump and writing the different sentences, and it, it, it seems like the people that helped me out the most seem like the people that's leaning to the right.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, and I mean, Bill cast is a Republican. You know, mm. I have, I mean, shit, I tell you one thing, he run again, I'm voting for him. <laughs> I don't give a damn. You know, I'm voting for that man. I'm like, Bill Cassidy, vote for him. He look out for the vet. I mean, I just, I just hope Bill Cassidy see this case through. I hope he was, I hope they didn't get to him or anything like that. But I hope he sees the case through.
0: Yeah, I hope but, he- yeah, I'm listening. No, I hope he does too. I think uh, I think we have enough here. <laughs> we will for we we'll wait for a minute. Um, I I hope you. I I wish you best with the case. I hope it comes to fruition. I hope somebody comes through it. I hope this helps. Um, do you have any information that people that can contact you? So uh, if they have any information, or they they might want to contact you for more interviews or anything like that, you can go ahead and uh, give it to the people.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, you can all. Uh... Contact me on on Twitter. My um my username is RC00, that's R E F as in Frank E E Zero Zero or Facebook, Tarif Simon, T A R R E F Simon, S I M O N. And you can show me some you know, you know, give me some love by, you know, maybe sending a journalist my way or radio show host, um who to write to to jump on the case. You know, I I write I write to everybody. I wrote to I wrote to the young church, I wrote to Infowars. It doesn't matter Fotan people, um uh Bernie Sanders people, you know, I write to you know, to anybody because this is a human issue. I mean you know, you get sick and stuff like that. All your politics go outside the door. And, you, you, you know, you got to, you know, you know, nurse yourself back to help. And I'm one of those whistleblowers that's trying to do my best to protect our, our human rights, our civil rights. So, show me support in spreading the mentors around this podcast. Share it with your friends, you know, family members and other veterans and organizations and newscasters and whatnot. Share it with them don't let this my story die or any other whistleblower story die the reason why our constitution is still going on strong is because of people like me because um, because of uh, Edward Snowden <laughs> because um, you have uh, fearless journalists like um, Greenwald you got fearless people like Alice Jones in you um Uncle Tap, you know you know make America great again you know so that's why this country is still we can lose our rights if we don't stand up and say say something about it. you know I mean every once in a while you're going to have to have somebody come out and blow the whistle or they're going to take your your rights from you bit by bit and what they do is they go against people that nobody likes to make the example out of them right then they spray the new laws against everybody you know that's 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 what they do you know but yeah um my name is tyree simon i'm a whistleblower i worked at migraine ed baking for two years for a total of four years and the water is contaminated and i don't think they put a filter system in so uh, i need y'all if y'all don't mind to share my story with your family and friends Okay. you know I'm, right now that's all i got I'm
0: going to tap man all right thanks you i appreciate it thanks for the you I got some great material uh i'll yes. let you know as soon as I put this up yes sir all right thank you
1: thank you all god right. bless you God
0: right. bless